Hello, everybody, and Viva Las Vegas. I am here with Natalie Henley, CEO and founder owner of Volume 9. Natalie, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you for being with us. A little little cheers oh, yeah. to you. Cheers. Um, we're in Las Vegas Woo. after all. So, That's you right. know, it's 7 a.m. But you know what? When we got to work, we got to work, and we got some learning to do. And I'm excited to have Natalie here to share a lot about what she does and what she's seeing in the industry and hopefully stuff that everyone of our viewers can take with them and, and learn from and evolve with uh, themselves and with their businesses. Yeah. So before we dive in too deep here, um, let's start off in the shallow end. Tell us a little bit about Volume 9. I don't know. That doesn't feel very shallow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so we are a digital marketing agency. Um, we are technically based in Denver, um, but post-COVID, we've gone full remote. So we kind of get team members all over the U.S., um, we are a pretty unique agency. So I would say, um, most people kind of think of the service line. So service line wise, we do a lot of SEO, a lot of content, a lot of social media, a little bit of ads and direct response. Um, but in general, as an agency, we're just a little bit different. So a lot of agencies, I think, come at it from, well, we want to be best in class in SEO. So they learn four or five tactics in SEO that work really well. They figure out how to create templates, how to scale it. Maybe they'll figure out the six or seven templates that a specific industry might need. And they kind of punch out these packages. Um, and that can be really interesting. And that can be really helpful for something like a dentist office where a lot of them are substantively the same and they need kind of the same marketing set of tactics. Um, we tend to work with more unique brands where that type of cookie cutter approach just doesn't work that well. Um, so we focus a lot with our clients. That's the whole thing with volume nine about how do you really find your audience online and kind of get above all the noise and just create a steady roar, but connecting specifically you with your customers and not worrying about all the other junk that's out there online. Um, so as an agency, we do a lot with organic traffic, organic messaging, really understanding the personas behind um, who's coming to these websites and to these brands online and just really helping our clients sort of solve that puzzle of what is the right mix of tactics and strategies to really connect with their audience appropriately. Awesome. I love what you said about that constant roar. Yeah. Um, so how do you go about that? So, well, I mean, that's a really big question. We're now we're getting without, out of the shallow without, end. That's not very we're, shallow. We're getting in deeper. Yeah, we're right? not all Oof. the way there, but yeah. So, I mean, I, I would say it almost always certainly starts with who are you trying to reach? And I think any good marketer starts there. Who is that persona? Who is your customer? Who do we care about? And then kind of digging into what do they care about? You know, I think it's really interesting as tactics evolve and different strategies, you know, marketing in, you know, at the basis level is a lot of the same way that it's always been. You've got a brand, you got their customer, and these are all tactics to connect to them. So it's really about what are the most effective tactics that connect you to that customer? Um, so really helping our clients understand that customer and then really building it out from there. How is that person searching for them? How are they, you know, finding them top of funnel? You know I mean? Are you on social media? Are you building an interesting, authentic brand? Do you have social channels worth following? Um, and then starting to drill down, okay. You know, when someone's searching online, you know, how are they connecting with you? And then once they've kind of hit your marketing, how are you bringing them back to this website? And how are you kind of continually fueling that customer journey? So for us, we know that that customer journey isn't perfect and linear, right? But it's really important that every step in that customer journey is very consistent. Um, and you're doing a really good job of connecting to that customer um, outside of what every other brand is doing. So what you don't want is like this me too marketing mix where you're just doing the same garbage that everybody else is. So how can you be authentic and be you and really connect with them meaningfully? And stand out. 
Correct. Because it's a noisy world. It is. And as an SEO agency, I can tell you there's a lot of SEOs that have put a lot of garbage on the internet. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's going after the same keywords if yep. they're competing with each other. Yep. So how, how does one stand out from the other? So, well, and I think part of it is that, yes, everybody's going after the same keywords, but moreover, people are sort of going at it in, in an inappropriate way. Um, and that's where it's really interesting in SEO right now. You know, I think historically you've seen SEO be like, oh man, I got 10 keywords and we're going to be number one for those 10 keywords. That's not really how SEO works. There's no such thing as like a perfect number one ranking, right? With even just with Google personalization, it's all just a custom deck of cards. What you're going to search and what I'm going to search are slightly different. But even if we are sitting here and we search the exact same things, we might see different search engine result pages. Sure. Um, so it really doesn't come down to what's the number one keyword and I must have it. Um, but then once you understand, okay, what is my audience searching and where do I want to connect? It's really like Google's all these algorithm updates and all these things that are happening is really about who has the best damn page on the internet for that search query. And what a lot of businesses aren't doing is investing the time and the energy to really do that. What they're doing is going, man, historically, I punch a keyword in a page title. I punch it in the metadata. Let me optimize some H2s. Boom, that site's optimized. Let's move on. Um, and a lot of brands are kind of stuck in those older tactics because again, they, a lot of agencies have built up around packages and a lot of people are just like, oh yeah, I know SEO. I installed rank math. I fill it in and I'm, I'm optimized. Time to do the next thing. Um, they're not actually thinking about how to appropriately optimize. Um, and they're really missing out on a lot of potential traffic organically. We're officially in the deep end now. Yeah. Um, and so what, you know. What, 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 what's interesting about what you said is that as these companies evolve or, or try all these different things, the one thing that keeps changing is those algorithms. Yeah. And so when people rely too much on a specific, like you said, packing keywords and things like that, and then the algorithm change changes, yep. I see people freaking out all the time. Their <laughs> sites go from, they cheated the system a bit or manipulated it a bit. Yeah, a small violin, even smaller yeah. than that. Yeah, right, here we go. And, and it's because they're not looking at the holistic entirety of, of their brand, of their company, Correct. and of the content, right? Yep. They're, they're, they're putting too many eggs in one basket, but Google own, holds that basket and can move it. Right. So I would say that the biggest, most impactful thing we did as an agency was about 10 years ago, we stopped chasing algorithms. Because that's when... Google started unleashing like the really ugly ones, right? Yeah. Like all the ones we named after animals. Penguin. Yeah, penguin, panda, hummingbird. Blah, I don't blah, like blah. penguins anymore. I used to love them. Yeah, right? I still love penguins. They're wonderful. But yeah, you know, in context. I have my issues. Yep, that's fair. Um, don't we all? We can agree to disagree. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry, penguins. Um, so, and at that point we went, you know what? I mean, we understand what Google's doing here. More importantly, who gives a flying flip about, am I number one can for she this say, Can arbitrary? she say flip? Can yeah, she say right? flip? That's that. We Shut the front door. <laughs> um, who cares about if you're number one for the keyword? Are you driving relevant traffic? And then is that traffic having a meaningful um, experience with your brand? And then are you, you bringing them through that customer journey? Is your messaging on point? Is it pulling them in? Um, are you communicating with them in a successful way? Um, and if you're doing that, what you'll find is that organically, you're going to earn more and more traffic. Like even if you look in your search console report, I cannot tell you the brands who instead who ignore keywords, but just focus on high quality content 
um, do so much better from SEO than the companies that are chasing SEO keywords and tactics and algorithms. Um, and that's what we did as an agency. We just made this huge shift of like, we're going to stop figuring out links. We're going to stop focusing on over-optimizing content. What we're going to focus in instead is what is this user? What's the content they need? And yes, can we use some tools to really dig into what that is? And then can we make sure that that journey is consistent? So if they're signing up for an email, is the email messaging on point? If they're getting into your text program, is that messaging on point? Are we doing a really good job of connecting with them and pulling them closer and closer to an ideal conversion for us? I, I think it's super important what you just said because so many companies, I think, fragment that experience. 100%. They hire this person to do this piece, this company to do this piece, this company to do this piece. And the journey is this uh, kind of old sweater, you know, sweater, what's the word? The the quilt's made up of a bunch of different, and you don't even know where, where it started, where it ends, and it's yep. confusing. And at the end of the day, the moment you leave that page, that site, you don't remember anything. Um, and nothing connected to you at a deeper level because that journey wasn't succinct right. and seamless. And so I think, you know, what you're doing uh, with volume nine and really tying that entire experience from end to end is the most valuable thing you could do for the company and the consumer. Because as a consumer, I click on an ad and it's got these words, type, types of messages, even colors, branding. And you click on a page, it looks totally different half right. the time. Um, and all of a sudden you're like, did I, did I accidentally click on the wrong thing? Yep. And what actually what's interesting is what markers sometimes don't understand is, well, what attracted them here, why wouldn't you carry that over? Right. Why are you taking a risk every time, you know, that deck of cards of, well, I hope they like this too. I hope they like this too. You already caught them here. Keep the energy. That's exactly it. Well, and even more too, and, and this is where, I mean, even like Google Analytics 4, which there's a whole lot of grumblings about Google Analytics 4. One of the things that that tool is really helping us understand is that repeat visitor. And I think that even when you're looking at analytics, I think what customers and, and clients don't typically understand is that you really have to like view that like it's almost impossible that someone's going to come to your site and they're going to take the action you want immediately. It's possible. But like stats show us that even an e-commerce brand and an impulse buy, they're going to want to touch your brand in about six different ways yeah. before they're ready to make that decision. And so it's not even, it's, you know, absolutely that add to landing page is an important first step. But man, what about when they come back tomorrow or when they come back next week or when they're in your SMS program and what are they getting, right? Because you might have a really authentic social media channel, right? And you've pulled someone to the site and they're like, oh my God, these people are down to earth. They're really friendly. They care about the environment. And then all of a sudden you start texting the snot out of them. And now you've turned someone who is excited about your brand into someone who's annoyed with your brand. Exactly. Um, and it's really about, no, like, what is that feeling? You know, that old adage is people buy from who they know, like, and trust. Yeah. And it's really important that your marketing and your messaging and those touch points continue to build that. So you have to understand, like, who's my brand persona? And what is, what is it that's attracting people to my brand? Is it that I'm a big enterprise client and I'm not going to get them in trouble? Is it I'm cool and authentic and I'm the cool kid at the party? Like, what is it that is your brand attributes? And is that really consistent throughout? And they're like, okay, I understand. This is the cool hit brand. And I'm going to expect that in their messaging. I'm going to expect that when they touch out with me. And I'm going to expect that when they're, they're communicating with me, that they're going to have cool, innovative ways they're communicating. I'm going to be expecting them to be on TikTok and text message. I'm not going to expect a bunch of email blasts from them. Yeah. And really just having a lot of thought go in between what is that marketing stack and strategy? That's refreshing to hear. Um, and you know, I, I'm one of those modern consumers that appreciates that and, yeah. and, and want to be, I want to be communicated with efficiently and in more modern ways. I don't want people cold calling me. I don't want people endlessly emailing me. I also don't want people endlessly texting. me. Right. The text is just an authentic, easy way to start a conversation. 
But one of the things that I think people make the mistake of doing in any channel is kind of kind of overkill. Yeah. Sometimes I sign up, you know, for something uh, or, or I download a white paper and then I get an email every day. <laughs> and, and that marketing team is probably thinking, well, we're going to send 30 emails over 30 days and it's going to yep, work. Our open rate's going to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The open rate quickly drops. People unsubscribe. They never come back because you annoyed them. And yep. it went from someone that was interested to someone you just annoyed. Yep. You know, you went on a date with somebody, but then the next day you don't stop texting them. Yep. They're kind of annoyed. They are. Um, you want to, so, so, so kind of, I, I think the future of customer engagement is a multi-channel approach that, that caters to what people prefer, Yep. but also has to be respectful and has to be authentic. Yep. And traditional marketing isn't any of those things. Yep. It's not authentic. It's just like content. It's a one way. It's abrasive. It's uh, it's abrasive. It's so repetitive. Um, and I don't, I don't care about your 80 different blogs. No. Um, you know, I, I just want what I'm interested in and, you know, I want to be able to dive in on my time and guess what? You're not the only company I've ever looked at. So yep. you're respectful of my inbox. That's it. Right. Because otherwise you just turn them off so quickly. Yep. How, how going back to content, which is obviously extremely important in building trust and, and educating the customer base and starting to build that underlying loyalty that, that will lead to the relationships and, and yep. in the business. I, you know, on, let's take LinkedIn sure, um, or any channel, but let's just assume LinkedIn. Heard of it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have as well. Um, so, okay. So you're a brand and you want to put content out, but one of the things I find, and as a consumer, I, I experience as well is, okay, brands are putting out content. Um, and a lot of times I click on it and I, I see it and, and it's top of mind and it's important. Mm -hmm. I don't always like it. It's a brand. Like no, I'm not connected with not on LinkedIn. It, you, you, you friend, you like friends posts, yeah. but you don't like companies posts right. very often. And when you go to a company's post and it has 20 likes, I know this because we do this, it's all the employees yeah. liking it. Yep. So how does a company make sense of that? And how do you actually leverage other parts of that company to amplify that content or that message is usually it's just like, in, it's just in the hands of that marketing team. Yep. So, so with something like LinkedIn, I mean, so this is, this is back to, okay, I know who my person is. I know what my message is. I know what I want to come across. So now as you get into like platform execution, whether it's direct response, it's TikTok, it's LinkedIn, you really have to understand the platforms you're now playing in. Right. So this is why like in SMS, you can't just send a text every five minutes. Yeah. That's not an effective strategy. In email, you can't do the same thing. So LinkedIn specifically, when you're looking at what's resonating on LinkedIn and what's working, people do not interact with brands on LinkedIn. There are platforms where they do. And it's appropriate to have something like a, a, a Facebook strategy that's on behalf of a brand um, or an Instagram strategy on behalf of a brand or a TikTok strategy on behalf of a brand because people are responding to those. Um, on LinkedIn, they want to connect with people. It's very person to person. So if you want a successful LinkedIn deployment strategy, you really have to think through how are people actually using LinkedIn and why are we on LinkedIn? Um, gosh, if you're B2C, like, I don't know that I would recommend LinkedIn be like the core part of your execution, but if you're B2B and let's say you've got a sales team, then that's really kind of your core fleet of how are they using LinkedIn? Is it consistent? Do they have an account-based marketing strategy running? How are they leveraging it? Um, and then also like on LinkedIn, we're seeing a lot of impact on taking something like the main stakeholder. So a CEO, a CFO, whoever kind of your lead spokespeople are. And, you know, if they are going to write a piece of content, like let's say on the blog, get it on the LinkedIn articles. 
Yeah. Um, that stuff is resonating, engaging, driving traffic back to sites better than a lot of blog posts. Yeah. Um, and just really understanding how the platform works. And, and LinkedIn is very much meant to be a B2B networking authentic platform. Um, I would not recommend just taking whatever your company's doing on Instagram and taking whatever your company's doing on Facebook, which a lot of companies do, and yeah. just throwing it up on LinkedIn just in case. Yeah. Um, you really want to be thoughtful about doing that. And my recommendation would be is if LinkedIn's a core part of your strategy is really understand who is your main deployment team, who are your main faces of the company and build a strategy around them. Try not to build it around your brand page. How does a, how does a company that's a little more traditionally serious, more enterprisey, hmm? more grown up, how do they leverage a TikTok? <laughs> well, they might not. <laughs> so right? but then, don't you fear they may lose out on the next wave you know, it's still in its infancy and people may have said the same of Instagram, uh, you know, years ago. I'm sorry. I don't mean to roll my eyes. So the, the big thing with TikTok is that, I mean, so no, there's always going to be the next thing, the next innovation. So, right. So there's one, what is your company's threshold for innovation and things you're trying? And it's with TikTok. Are you willing to do the things that work on TikTok? If it's against your brand guidelines, if it's not how your brand operates. No, I mean, I would be much more concerned about doing TikTok inappropriately and all of a sudden being like, oh, we're going to just do what we do on Reels on TikTok and people are going to love it. And then just have it fall flat because that's what's happening on TikTok when yeah. brands try to do that. So, no, I wouldn't be worried we're going to lose the next big thing because we didn't put our boring content on TikTok. Um, if it's against our brand guidelines to be funny, to do dances, to do trends, that's not in our brand guidelines. And we just want to give tips and be serious. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people expect that from large enterprise clients. And Reels is totally appropriate for that. And they're getting great engagement on that. Uh, and people are seeing them as being innovative because they're doing reels and a lot of their competitive sets aren't. Um, so no, I wouldn't worry about it, but I would worry about deploying TikTok inappropriately. Yeah. If you're like, oh, we got to jump on the wave and you jump on it in a bad form. So don't just do it. You don't see Mark Benioff dancing on TikTok. No. Um, so don't just do it because- it's the thing. If it's it makes thing. sense, like if you have this like fun, cool brand, you're like, oh man, our whole brand's about innovation. And like, we're going to do, we're going to do cool challenges. And yeah, we're going to plank at the, like, if you're that brand, then heck yeah. I, I mean, yeah. yeah. Right. There's some, there's some cool things you can do on TikTok, but if that's not in your brand guidelines, like, don't worry about it. Cause it's going to fall flat and that's going to, it's going to make a big splash in a bad way. If you do that. I think that's really powerful advice. Don't be everything to everybody. No. Kind of focus on what works best for you and where your, your audience is and what they expect from you. Cause right. it can come off and also rub people the wrong way. I mean, there is so much garbage right now in terms of content on social in messaging that if you can just focus on who is my core and maybe even just pick one or two social media platforms you want to focus on, pick a few core pages of the site that are really your primary and just focus on having really amazing content and being worth reading, worth following um, you're going to stand out in such a positive way, even on what you might view as like an older or more traditional platform. I mean, B2Bs who do LinkedIn, right? Run circles around other B2Bs. Um, you know, you just have to, you have to know where your people are and where they want to be communicated to. That, that's refreshing here because I'm not on TikTok and I, I, I have like a resistance to it. That's fair. Um, but I'm always wondering, am I, am I missing out on something? Am I supposed to be on there because I'm the CEO yeah. I need to be evangelizing. Why are you doing it? Absolutely everywhere. You're, you know what? Now you have to go to TikTok. I am a good dancer too. So I don't know. Yeah, we got to right. find a creative approach. Um, and uh, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I'll, let, I'll, I'll let you know when I'm on TikTok. Yeah, we'll you know see. what? I'll follow you yeah. once you decide but, to make the wave. But for us, Link, LinkedIn has been probably the most powerful channel yeah. because we're selling to other businesses. Yeah. And what we have found is that by giving the content 
to all of our salespeople and mm. letting them post it, they get far more engagement yep. than any company post will ever get. 100%. And it's amplified. Um, and you're kind of feeding your team the content to help amplify everything for you. So they become your wide marketing team you know, evangelists. Yep. I'm an ambassador. So I think it's a powerful approach. It totally is. So as we look to the future, what is, let's do a visionary look. Yeah. Yeah. To the future. Hold it steady. And I think we got it. Yeah. I think we got it was it. there. I saw it. As we, it was a twinkle in the it eye. Was. Yeah. Yeah. So visionary. There it is. As we, as we look there. At Harris. At Harris <laughs> across the street. That'll get knocked down some year. <laughs> Um, what, uh, what does the future hold for this industry? What's the, what's the future of customer engagement? What's the future of attracting new customers through content? Is it always going to be blogs? Is, you know, what, how, how do you, how do you, what are some of the innovative strategies or approaches that you see that are just in their infancy today? At five years from now, we'll be talking about it like it's LinkedIn or anything else. Right. So there's a couple of things when you're thinking about the future that are just important data points. Um, one, we're moving to a cookie-less world. So the way you've been tracking data, collecting data, you know, in like, you know, the wake of antitrust and things like GDPR, we've got to be really careful about marketers, about how creepy we're being yeah. and not building our strategies on like Uber collecting data and then slicing people down and like creepily stalking them around the internet. Um, so I think that's going to be a big element. Um, I think security is another big one that a lot of brands aren't spending time on of is your data secure? Is your website secure? Is your marketing secure? Um, because that's going to continue to be rise and be really big factors. So I think those two big things are going to have strong impacts in marketing in the coming years. Um, on top of that, no, I mean, blogs, no articles, of course. I mean, I think there's always going to be a place for really good informational content. I think where you're really going to see the the world move where we're seeing the best brands do things now is really making their content stand out in a unique way. So don't blog like everybody. Else. As soon as it's uh, like everybody else, it's an old tactic and it's, you know, it's going to eventually die. It's about, gosh, in your blog post, what does your imagery look like? And can you make your content really unique or really interesting? You know, what are you doing on social media? Are you just, are you just, is it just a picture and a link to the blog post? Or are you doing something interesting with it? Um, and I think as part of that, in that whole conversation, video is going to explode. Um, and I think we've only just barely touched the surface of what brands are going to need to start doing with video in terms of what they're doing in their ads, on their content, um, in their social media. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've seen predictions that in two years, Instagram will be totally videos. I don't know if that's true or not, um, but it's definitely moving that way. And brands are really struggling because video content is really hard to create and really hard to scale. You know, of all the people I interviewed from different marketing agencies um, today, specifically, I'm the no, best. No right? one, of course, yeah. of course, but no one mentioned video, and it's one of the things that I also believe in the most. And and I think you're right about Instagram, and 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 Zuckerberg has said that before. He has. So, um, and it's and it's probably the you know weakest superpower every company has because 100%. it's a little harder to create. Yep. People don't have. Amazing people like I do over here, off camera, Aww. off camera, um, and and it's so much easier, almost to a lazy perspective, you know, to to just throw up words. Yep. And you can outsource that, and there's so many things you could do. But something that connects directly to the heart is a video that gets your attention, that talks to you. And there's something about 
speaking, for example, if this was all just transcribed, far less interesting than hearing your emotion and your energy. Right. And that's the same thing with the video, with any, any kind of content you're trying to put out. Even the same blog post read in a nice chair with a scotch is interesting to watch and more likely to get, you know, attention. Yep. Um, and so I, I, I agree with you. And, and I think that, uh, I think that it's just all about continuing to evolve, um, and, and, and being open to the new kind of channels and engagement strategies, yep. testing. Um, but video is going to be, I think the number one biggest thing over the next 10 years It is where if you're not doing video more than you're doing just photos and blogs, and static content, um, it's too static. It'll just blend in in a noisy world and doesn't stand out anymore. And the algorithms we're not chasing them, but we know that they're going to favor that. Yeah. Always. You already do. They do. Awesome. Well, any, any, uh, do you have a, a, a quote that's close to your heart or a saying or anything like that, that you, it resonates with you or your team? Oh my gosh. Um, thanks for putting me on the spot for that. I would have researched really cool quotes ahead of time. Um, so, you know, I have a couple of mottos that I really like, but I think one of, uh, my very favorite mottos is a Latin motto. Um, and it is to be rather than to seem. And when I think about that a lot, when we do our marketing and our strategies, that this isn't about throwing lipstick on a pig. It's about helping really great companies get a really authentic message and really help their customers. And when we think about marketers, like that's what we strive to do is help really great brands do more than just come across cool, but help them really get their core message and their authenticity across. Awesome. I, I love that. We got to be real. That's it. Natalie, thank you so, so much for talking to us today and informing our viewers with your amazing wisdom. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Hope to have you on again. Thanks. Thank appreciate you. it. Everyone check out volume nine. Natalie Henley, thank you so much. Of course. Cheers. Cheers.